Three Dog Thursday on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds in every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and get a $500 risk-free sports bet by downloading the WinBet app now or visit winbet.com to start winning today. That's W-Y-N-N-Bet.com to get a $500 risk-free bet from us at Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We're also brought to you in part by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is DFS simplified. All you have to do is pick your favorite player over and unders to cash in. Head over to prizepicks.com and use the promo code SGP for a 100% instant deposit match. We're also brought to you in part by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com and use the promo code SGP for your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. And we're also brought to you in part by SoBet. Sign up and bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at SoBet.io. That's SoBet.io. We're also brought to you in part by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on head-to-head matchups. Download that app today or just head to bettorfantasy.com slash SGPN. That's B-E-T-T-O-R fantasy.com slash SGPN. And we're also brought to you in part by the SGPN app. Just enter SGPN in the App Store or the Google Play Store to download it today. Football fans, it's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close? If not, pull the outright upset. Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, T.J. Reeves. Well, yes, indeed. Welcome in, do I dare say. Ho, ho, ho. We're getting close. We're getting close to Santa being on the way. It is the latest edition of Three Dog Thursday, wherever you are finding us and hearing us. Thank you for doing so. Much to get to on the program uh, in, in fact, uh, NFL underdogs will be flying all over the place here uh, as the show goes on. Uh, look forward to that conversation. Pro football in some controversy midweek right now with COVID-19 and a bunch of players and coaches and staff testing positive and games. Might they be affected? Uh, as it stands right now, we're going to talk more about the Chiefs and the Chargers. They're playing Thursday, all things being equal. We released the podcast on Thursday. We have two Saturday games, one of them being affected with the Cleveland Browns with their positive test playing the Raiders, Patriots, Colts Thursday, full slate Sunday, uh, all the way through the weekend. So lots on the NFL coming up. By the way, however you found the podcast, through the Sports Gambling Podcast or network of shows, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, however you found the show, social media link, easiest way to get it. We're on Thursdays. We come out on Thursdays. We try to stay relevant through the weekend and do a pretty good job of that. So find us on Three Dog Thursday, wherever you get the podcast. All of that is out of the way. This man is up first, and he is gracious to join me. I always love talking with Chris Stewart from the Alabama Crimson Tide Sports Network. Uh, whenever I get the chance, but especially 
It has been a rough last 12 to 24 hours for Chris as the voice of Crimson Tide basketball, whereas TJ is riding high with da 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 go Tigers, go. Yeah, Chris is sick of that song right about now. Yeah. After what happened at FedEx Forum on Tuesday night, Memphis with a bounce-back great performance beating the sixth-ranked Tide, and yet Chris Stewart still posts on Three Dog Thursday to hang with me. Many thanks. Many thanks because I know you've been traveling, trying to get back. It was a rough (laughs) night in the River City for that matchup. So it's good to have you under all circumstances, but especially this, my friend. Yeah, I tell you, it was a really cool atmosphere. It was not as packed a house as it might have been if if your Tigers had not dropped four straight coming into that game. Excuse me, but great atmosphere. Bama was – Bama was in a spot where they were primed to lose a game against a high-quality team coming off of a a win in dramatic fashion against a high-quality team a couple of days earlier in Houston. Yeah, no doubt that – and the Tide have already played, as you mentioned, high-quality teams already played Gonzaga and won out in Seattle. So they are battle-tested. Memphis looked good the other night. Will it sustain for Penny Hardaway's – team we'll see so I love talking to you for so many different reasons we're on the basketball first but let's get it back to football because you and I I, I'm trying to remember I don't think you and I have talked during the season or if we did it was at the very beginning of the season on this podcast and yet here we are again with Alabama number one in the college football playoff rankings with an SEC (laughs) title what a surprise it's like an engraved invitation right now and here we are with another Heisman Trophy winner since last you and I have mixed it up here on the podcast with Bryce Young getting yeah. the award that is back to back. That's four what in the last 12, 13 years to come to couple them with Mark Ingram and with Derrick Henry. This has been some season just as a general comment here for Alabama again, and it works out their tops in the, in the uh, playoff and they got a Heisman winner, Chris, tell me more. Well, well to put it in, in context, just on the Heisman part of it, 51 years old, Lived in Alabama my whole life, Bama fan my whole life. It had been a badge of honor, frankly, that Alabama had the number of national titles they did without a Heisman Trophy winner. It was not a bone of contention. It was almost something that Bama fans took pride in. We do it as a team. We don't do it individually. Then Mark Ingram gets his name announced and delivers a classic off-the-cuff acceptance speech in the Heisman ceremony and things flipped and Bama fans realized, oh, wow, we can do both. And after that, with Derrick Henry, Devontae Smith, and now Bryce Young, all winning the award and still the team being in position to play for it all, it's it's beyond special. Just crazy to sit there and realize you start – you try not to get caught up in the moment because there are things still to go, but it's okay for us in the roles that we have to just go, holy cow, the era that that I've got a front row seat for at the University of Alabama is utterly amazing. Yeah, there's no doubt with all the winning and with all the accolades and all the players headed to the NFL and the memories and the things uh, that are going on. All right, a fun one for you along these lines. Uh, This just into the newsroom, Alabama has had some tremendous quarterbacks over the last five or six football seasons. So from Jalen Hurts winning a national title to Tua Tonga-Vailoa winning a national title to Mac Jones winning a a national title, 
and all of them going on to the NFL as first-round draft picks to now Bryce Young. Just on the face, this is remarkable, the run here in the short-term yeah. national title winners, first-round picks. Uh, Bryce Young, a Heisman now to go along with it. What about it, Chris? It's, it's QBU. Well, it, the run, but also the manner in which it's transpired. You start with Jalen, who put Bama in position as a freshman, uh, then sophomore year gets the title, junior year comes off the deck or actually gives way to um, Tua, Tua yeah. who comes out of nowhere in the second half to to pull the, the victory out over Georgia. Bama doesn't get two title game the next year without Jalen subbing for Tua in the SEC championship game when he was hurt. And now all of a sudden they're expecting they're expecting Bryce Young to be the guy a year ago. Some people were. Mac Jones almost an afterthought. And Mac Jones goes on to be the guy who not only gets to New York for the Heisman presentation, even though he didn't win it, becomes a first-round draft pick and may be a Super Bowl quarterback in his first year with what has been the premier franchise in the National Football League for the last two decades. So there's that. And then, oh, yeah, about this Bryce Young kid. And you see him in Atlanta, as I did in the opening game, where he's a first-time starter against, again, a, at the time, a top 15 Miami team. This was the year that the Canes were going to make their, their comeback. They, this was the year for them until they got knocked around. And to go and see him, from seeing him being the question mark, they knew the talent was there, but he would defer um, a little hesitant to do things with his feet because he wanted to be the pocket guy. To see him go from, from being a guy who was more than effective but was still deferring to other guys in that opening game and in the same building at halftime of the SEC championship game, he sprints to the tunnel first, stops, turns back, and is high-fiving, patting on the back, patting on the helmet. Every teammate that passes him to go to the locker room to remind them the job is only halfway done. There's more to do to beat Georgia. That was his football team. And it was an amazing transformation to see, especially in that building. It probably wouldn't have stood out as much had it not been in the same building uh, three months apart. Well, there's no doubt Alabama has owned that building. I mean, it, it says Mercedes-Benz Stadium. It's the you know supposed home of the Atlanta Falcons and others and the SEC title game. But it should have in parentheses the tied rule here or something. I'm just making that up off the cuff here. Bryant-Denny the East is what it's thing. big referred yeah. to. Yeah, Bryant-Denny East. Including the national title game, the win, the CFP title game over Georgia being in that same building, uh, the yeah. one where Tua threw the game-winning touchdown pass to Devontae Smith, the freshman. Uh, that night. Uh, it, amazing. Amazing what this has uh, become. I, I'm curious, again, as we talk with Chris Stewart here on Three Dog Thursday on a couple of fronts, Nick Saban. I am amazed that he is still going strong, still wanting to do this. I'm not making him out to be ancient, but he doesn't have to do this anymore. The legacy is secure. No. The Hall of Fame legacy <clears throat> is secure. You host the Nick Saban TV show. You're around him all the time. Um, he obviously still is going strong, wants to go strong, and they're performing at the highest level. Tell me more 
about it continuing when many thought maybe he would kind of ride off into the sunset at some point, go do TV, et cetera, Chris. Yeah, let me tell you, there was something I had a chance to witness in Gainesville this year that summed him up and another legend as as well as anything I've seen. And it, and it just kind of wasn't really a light bulb, but it was something that, that just struck me as being perfect indicator of who both men are. Steve Spurrier is basically the mayor of Gainesville, the governor of Florida, the king, <laughs> the prince, whatever you want to call him, of, of Gator Nation. And he should be with everything he has meant from the time he walked on campus as a student athlete. Sure. He's got a restaurant there now. It's a restaurant with a rooftop bar that is the most perfectly named place I've ever heard. You may or may not be familiar, but Steve Spurrier Steakhouse, I think, is a three-level facility, the top level, a rooftop bar called Visors. It gets no better. <laughs> it gets no better than that. Okay. Right. So Steve Spurrier greets the Alabama bus when it arrives at Ben Hill Griffin Stadium this year. There's pictures, Saban getting off the bus, Spurrier's there talking to him as he goes to the locker room. Coach Saban relays the story after we've taped the television show to myself and a couple of others about the Coach Spurrier sticking his head in the locker room literally as Nick Saban is about to go out on the field to coach the game. And he asked him a question about his golf game. <laughs> and Steve kind of looks around. He goes, Steve, we're about to go play. And Spurrier goes, yeah, I know, but can you really hit an eight iron 155 yards? <laughs> and Saban, in this moment after the game, after the victory, just starts laughing, thinking about, Spurrier and the context and the timing and everything. And it just struck me. Those are two men who are basically at the same stage of life, similar age, uh, two very different places in their careers, but both personally are exactly where they want to be. Spurrier loves being the greatest of all time in that town, on that campus, in that state. He loves that. He relishes it. Nick Saban still loves scheming, game planning, recruiting. He makes more time for family than he ever has. But he enjoys all of the things that overwhelm so many guys half his age in the business. He thrives on it. He loves it. And it was just cool to see that, that you can be happy at that stage of life, especially in two extremely different ways. No doubt. Well put. A uh, couple more uh, here along these same lines. The, I, I, don't, you know, I don't want to turn it into total love fest here in PR, but Alabama has won at such a high level. And another remarkable part of this is that he consistently has lost coordinators to other jobs, to other college jobs, et cetera, offensive coordinators yeah. and even defensive coordinators like Kirby Smart uh, at Georgia most recently. It makes it even that much more impressive that he reloads with a different staff, but the mindset is still the same. The scheming that you're talking about, the game planning, the practice field is obviously still the same, even with different 
pieces and different guys coming in as coaches. Never, yeah. never mind different players, but you've got different coaches coming in now, and you have still the Alabama success that you're having. Follow up on that, if you would. Here's the thing. You know, a lot of people forget when he left Michigan State to go to Baton Rouge to be the head coach, he sends the plane back to East Lansing. One person came back. It was the pilot. <laughs> All the staff stayed at Michigan State. They didn't right. want to come back to, to be there. I think that was a major, if it wasn't something he already knew, um, not that I don't need you guys. That's, that's not what I'm saying at all. But he understood that if you have your core beliefs, your core values, you have your system in place and go, this, these are the non-negotiables in my program, wherever I am, whatever I'm doing, this is what we're going to do. But a guy who is secure enough in his own skin to bring in new people, new ideas, and a fresh way of approaching things. He, he loves it. I've never seen anybody who is more locked into a routine. I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's the same lunch every day at the same time, at the same place in his office, virtually every day. It's routine, it's routine, it's routine. But there are certain things that others would view as chaos that he might view. Who else who's looked, there's not a more conservative, a uh, guy who's considered to be a more conservative, locked in, disciplined, focused coach, and he brings in Lane Kiffin to be his OC for three years? Mm -hmm. And makes it work. Who else could do that? And makes it work. Makes it work and changed changed the game and changed who who they were on offense mm -hmm. uh, just just amazing the ability to adjust on the fly you know it's one thing to change a tire it's another thing to change four and do it at 55 miles per hour because that's <laughs> what he's done there have been no drop-offs you go back and again i'll grow up i'll draw the history at, at alabama bear bryant wins national championships in the 60s. Things become stale early 70s, late 60s, early 70s. He, things get stale. Switches to the wishbone. But it was after a couple of, by Bama standards, lean years. They were at 500. People thought the game had passed it by and needed to change. He changes. Yep. He fixes it, goes on the incredible run of the, the 70s. Um, Nick Saban did basically the same thing but again, changed the tires while the car was moving. He asked the question, with this hurry up, no huddle, is this what we want college football to be? And when the powers that be said, yes, we do, he goes, okay, hold my beer. And <laughs> goes out and does it, does it better than anybody else. You got it. Changed it on the fly. And it's to amazing. that point, just so that we can articulate it, he was one of the last holdouts of we're going to run the I formation with a fullback. We're going to have two tight ends in the game. We're not going to do this spread with four receivers or five receivers most of the time on offense. He held out for as long as he could winning that way. But as you're mentioning, basically one season to the next became the different thing, yeah. became everything that everybody else is being, and they continue to succeed doing that. And it only right. adds to the legacy, to winning it that way. It's well it, put. The RPO thing was the biggest. You know, everything else, 
you know, you kind of adjust in, in terms of formations, things like that. But RPOs and putting those in the mix, that was very different. And here comes Jalen to a, um, you know, Mac was more of a traditional guy, which is why I think Bill Belichick loves him. It helps him go back to more of what he was accustomed to style-wise when Brady was the guy. Um, but you've got a quarterback now in Bryce Young who does both. He's comfortable in the pocket and is as elusive as anybody Alabama has had. It's, it's fascinating to watch. And I got a couple of chances this year on national radio. You and I were actually together because you do this every week and, and got a chance on Compass Media with Tiki Barber and another one with Steve Berline to see the Ole Miss game, to see the LSU game. Alabama battle-tested, there's no doubt. Before we get you out of here, Chris Stewart, uh, it is an underdog podcast. Very interesting when the lines came out a week ago that it was a 13, 13-and-a-half-point line. It is still sitting right there. What do I know? But Cincinnati – uh, was good a year ago. Last year is last year. Hung in there with Georgia in a peach bowl. This year, tested themselves. They've won at Notre Dame. Is it surprising to you? I know, again, your allegiance, you're slanted towards Alabama, and the, and the Tide have had so much success against everybody. But does it surprise you that that line is that high? 13, 13 and a half against Cincinnati. Because there's a lot of people that are interested, for underdog purposes. What's your take on that? You you know so much more about this than I do. The lines, you, you study this, you understand it, you deal with it in your NFL world mm -hmm. much more than, than I do uh, on my end of things. But I'm not surprised because based on what I know of it, it's based on trying to get people to, to bet a certain way. And Bama's fan base is very loyal and the ones that will take part in that are going to, are going to go with their team. And, um, you know, it's it, that part is interesting to watch. I will say that if Alabama plays its best, then it's understandable that the number would be there. I think the challenge for Nick Saban, there was no challenge whatsoever for him to get his team fired up and ready to play against Georgia. It's Georgia for one thing, it's the mm -hmm. SEC championship for another. And for the first time, since 2015, Alabama was not the favorite. That's right. It was a different way. It was a different way to spur the horse to the finish line for Nick Saban because he was able to deliver a different message. Now it goes back to the way he's had to do it in the past of getting his team locked in, focused. Everybody's saying you're better than this team, but we have to do A, B, and C in order to make sure that works out. How does the team listen to that? How do they respond? How do they handle the weeks leading up to the game on December 31st? That's going to be the determining factor in what happens once the ball gets kicked off. All, all well said on that. You're right. They want people to bet on Cincinnati. And if the line is – obviously, if the line is something like seven, eight, nine, I think that's where most people would think it should be. So you put it yep. at 10, 11, 12, 13 points, and now there are people interested in, wait a minute – Maybe uh, maybe that's what I should take a look at. Uh, and again, great point, too, that the Tide, the Tide have only been an underdog like twice uh, in the last 10, 12 years. Twice. 14 twice years. 14, 14 years. So it was a very uncommon position for the SEC championship game and a different motivation, a different mindset for that reason. Uh, for sure. Love this man's insight. Follow him at C Stewart Sports on Twitter. 
Find him at Chris Stewart online on the web, Alabama Crimson Tide Sports Network with the Tide basketball, with the Tide baseball, when it's baseball season, doing the play-by-play. And he's on that broadcast uh, with all the guys there with uh, Eli Gold, John Parker Wilson, and all the guys you are there for the Crimson Tide and the football. And here we go again with a chance at another national title, as you mentioned, semifinal game first with Cincinnati. This man does a great job. He's always good to come on with me. I always like to say to you, Roll Tide, because everybody greets everybody that way in that state. Um, Great stuff, as always, Chris Stewart. Enjoy it. Even if you had a little pain from my Memphis Tigers this week, you've had a whole lot of other joy for a whole lot of other reasons. Uh, Love it. Love being with you. Thank you, my friend. Immense pain, by the way, from the time with your Tigers, but always a pleasure to be with you as well. Thanks for having me, buddy. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you, Chris Stewart. Here. We will roll on here on Three Dog Thursday. Much more, including the No Huddle Underdog. Stay with us. But first, we're brought to you by our friends at WinBet. Are you ready to win money and boost your odds? Well, WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. And we're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. You've got exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all the favorite teams, the players, the sports. We've got the NFL starting up soon. Uh, Major League Baseball is ongoing. You've got the golf. You've got the MMA. Uh, Pretty soon the NBA will be back. The NHL will be back. College football and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. We have what you need with WinBet. If you're ready to play, sign up today. Get a special offer. Get a risk-free $500 bet from us at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network by just downloading and using our promo code SGPN. Download the WinBet app. Visit wynnbet.com. That's wynnbet.com to find out more right now. If you're ready to play, if you're ready to win, they're the premier sports betting experience. Download, bet, and win with WinBet. And we're brought to you in part by Tick Pick with College Football's Championship Weekend behind us. The bowl season, though, is about to be here, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet for tickets to see your favorite teams play in their bowl game. That's because Tick Pick is the original no fee ticket site. That's Tick Pick. TickPick.com or the TickPick mobile app. It's the only one you ever need to go for all of the games, whether you're talking about NCAA football, the NFL, concerts, the NBA, and more. Whether you're talking about the college football playoff semifinal games on New Year's Eve with Alabama now playing Cincinnati in the Cotton Bowl or in Miami, they're going to have Georgia and Michigan face off. Tick Pick has got all of the best ticket prices, and they don't have the service fees that all the others have. Plus, if you're looking to go out to the Rose Bowl for Ohio State and Utah on New Year's afternoon, or if you're also looking at that Sugar Bowl on New Year's night between Ole Miss and Baylor with the upset win. TickPick guarantees all the best prices for all the college football tickets this bowl season. If you don't believe it and you can find a better price somewhere else, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference on your purchase price. Seek it out. Visit TickPick today. Go to TickPick.com SGP. That's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, TickPick.com SGP. 
And we're brought to you in part by Prize Picks, the easy way to play Daily Fantasy. Daily Fantasy is simplified by picking two to five players and the over-under in their projections, and you can win up to ten times your amount on any entry. Use our promo code SGP and get a 100% deposit match up to 100 bucks. It is you versus the projected numbers. It has tons of stats on prize picks, yards, receptions, touchdown, fantasy points, all of that. Prize picks will also allow mixed sports entries. You can take the over on LeBron and combine that with the under on Mahomes in the same entry. They offer every sport you can think of from the NFL to college football, the NBA, college basketball, Major League Baseball, Soccer, MMA, and more. Prize Picks has award-winning, easy-to-use mobile app in both the App Store and the Google Play Store. Prize Picks is a 4.8-star rated app and has got rave reviews. And the entries can be made in 60 seconds or less with Prize Picks. It's just that easy. It's safe. They've got fast withdrawals. What are you waiting for? prizepicks.com promo code SGP 100% deposit match up to 100 bucks with prize picks we're also brought to you in part by SoBet since when is sports betting supposed to be so rigid sports betting is meant to be social when I picture betting I picture bootleggers with mustaches tossing bets around at a speakeasy SoBet is taking the social lineage of betting and putting a modern twist on it by providing a modern platform SoBet is changing the game with their new product. Head over to SoBet.io and create an account and find out for yourself. Fully functioning, free web application. You can access a demo of their app that will launch next fall. That app includes consensus lines from Las Vegas, a feed of what other people are betting on, and the ability to send friendly wagers to anyone you know via a text, a QR code, or links, among other methods. No money is transacted on the app, and it's purely competitive. Next time that you're going to be out with your friends watching sports turn it up a notch go to sobet.io and see who can hit the most ridiculous bets users have the ability to place bets off the vegas odds or generate a bet by changing the metric if they want as long as somebody's on the other side to accept it let's go back to the roots of betting with sobet go to sobet.io that's sobet.io and join the revolution And we're brought to you in part by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. If you're not using PropSwap, you're just missing out. PropSwap is America's number one app to buy and sell those sports bets, and you can find the best odds in the country because you're buying directly from other bettors. Use our promo code SGP, and your first deposit from PropSwap will be doubled up to $500. Double the cash means double the odds. And if you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. Sellers across the country list their bets for sale and thousands of buyers visit PropSwap every day to find the best odds on futures, props, and parlays. The average prop swapper makes $500 a month just buying and selling sports bets through PropSwap. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or just download the app in the Google Play or the Apple Store. PropSwap, it's where America buys and sells sports bets. And we're brought to you by our friends at Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on the matchups. You can cash out for gift cards when you hit your bets and even help raise money for charity along the way. It's a brand new company looking to grow their early adopter community. It's a slick app. It's fun to use. And one of the reasons we love it is it also offers prop betting. So if you're in a state that hasn't legalized gambling yet, you can get some prop bets going on Better Fantasy. Totally free to play. 
Download it now for iPhone or for Android and check them out online, betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. Again, spell better, B-E-T-T-O-R, fantasy.com slash S-G-P-N. And a reminder, the SGPN app is right there live now in the App Store and the Google Play Store. This app gives you easy access to all of our picks, all of our podcasts, everything in the content from the SGPN family of shows and everything that's going on on the app. Don't forget, give us an app review. Download the SGPN app today in the App Store and the Google Play Store. Look for us. It's the SGPN app. Dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is TJ Reeves. He is kicking off our no huddle underdogs. I love the insight of this man, Tyler Jones. You see him on local news live. You hear him on the Jones Report on the podcast, wherever podcasts are found. He is back with me from the Midwest. I see him smiling ear to ear right now after the Kansas Jayhawks put it on the Missouri Tigers last week. And that like made Tyler's December, if not his whole college basketball season, to see that old Big 8 slash Big 12 rivalry that's now gone away because Missouri went to the SEC. The Jayhawks put it on him. His Kansas City Chiefs are playing better. And Tyler Jones back aboard on Three Dog Thursday with a no huddle underdog segment. How you feeling, brother? DJ, all is right in the world. Kansas has beaten Missouri again. The Chiefs are competing for the top spot in the AFC. I cannot do any better than right now. It is a Merry Christmas indeed. <laughs> it's always good. The food tastes better. You sleep better. Everybody's in a better mood when this stuff is going on. And, hey, I'm in a good mood, too, as we were talking about uh, earlier in the podcast, my Memphis Tigers getting it done with Alabama and have righted the ship, at least for now, heading into the weekend against uh, Tennessee against the Vols in a neutral site game in Nashville. So a little college hoops talk. Uh, we we love the football talk, though, with Tyler. You spend a bunch of time on it on the Jones Report and all of your other endeavors covering uh, the pigskin. All right, the Kansas City Chiefs, who annihilated the Raiders on Sunday. They're right back with a Thursday night revenge rematch in Los Angeles against the Chargers. By the way, I will say to you, I was on the Chargers early on in the year in September in the first matchup in Kansas City. I didn't know that they would win. They did win, and I got the cover. Now revenge situation for the Chiefs going out to uh, L.A. for the rematch with the Chargers. All right, give me some insight here. What's going on with the Chiefs? What do you think about Thursday night? Chiefs, you know, obviously the offense is uh, playing better. Uh, you know, that's evident with uh, their point totals the last few weeks, you know, scoring, you know, 48 points in that win and, and uh, that they had against the Raiders in the week before that, putting up a lot of points. But it's the defense that's made the big difference as of late for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. It's uh, that defense that was giving up, you know, 30, 40 plus points in every game beginning of this year. But the last six games, they haven't given up more than 14 points. Um, they've really stepped up on that side of the football. And I mean, you, you look at what they've done. Uh, Chris Jones is playing to his potential. Frank Clark looks good. Um, Tyron Matthews played a lot better as of late. So, um, you know, Patrick Mahomes is doing a better job of taking care of the football. He's not playing to an MVP level. He's not playing to his standard just yet. And he very well could turn that on and could 
Uh, but everyone else around him has stepped up. And the run game's gotten better, too. This team really struggled running the football. They got Clyde Edwards-Lair back from injury a few weeks ago, and he's done what they've asked of him. So uh, I like what I've seen from the Chiefs. I think they're on the right track. I think they're the best team in the AFC right now. Uh, New England playing really good, but I don't think they have the offense. I don't think they have the horses to hang with Kansas City if they were to meet head-to-head potentially in an AFC championship game. Yeah, I mean, right now the AFC wide open. And so this will begin the week on Thursday night at SoFi Stadium with the Chiefs laying the three points. Interesting, the Chargers have beaten uh, the Chiefs twice and have covered three straight times going back to the beginning of last year, including that meeting earlier this year in Kansas City. Uh, Meanwhile, though, the Chiefs have won, uh, what, six straight now and have covered in four of those six so that's another you know angle to this game if i have that stat correct yes they've they've won the last six meetings um uh, they've won the last six games straight up and they've covered in four in a row here on those so that's just something to keep in mind and again if you're listening to us later in the weekend with tyler and me you already know what the chiefs did or didn't do how did the chargers play Uh, the chargers have given up some games at home already this season so maybe kansas city goes in there and gets a big win and, and keeps themselves in prime position to maybe be the number one seed in the AFC. I mean, that's the thing in the AFC. It is wide open on who's going to be the number one seed for home field advantage and be the only team that gets the bye, whether you're talking about New England, whether you're talking about Baltimore. Uh, everybody thought Buffalo, Tyler might hang in there. They have not. Chiefs, it's definitely there for them to have the opportunity as well. Could Could Indianapolis keep winning and get in the mix for being the top seed? It's up in the air, is it not, in the AFC? It's very much up in the air at this point. Uh, I think the last you know few weeks, to start off the season anyway, we didn't know who these teams were. Uh, we looked at the talent level-wise that, hey, okay, you got Cleveland in the mix, Buffalo, Baltimore, New England came out of nowhere. But as this season has gone along, it has not necessarily been about who the most talented teams are, but who have done the best job week to week when it comes to game planning. That New England team, for example – Um, I think everyone would agree when you look at the talent on that roster, that is not the third or fourth best team, the AFC Uh, talent wise, they might be fifth, but Bill Belichick is the best coach in the league for a reason. He finds weaknesses of every opponent they face and gets the most out of it. So uh, a lot of has to come down to coaching. I think the chiefs took a while to kind of figure out themselves, but they know who they are now and they're charging ahead moving forward. So yeah, uh, to me, it's about the Chiefs and the Patriots and the AFC, and uh, we'll see who else steps up from there. Don't forget the Titans, too. Titans, uh, if they get Derrick Henry back, watch out. That team could make some noise. And, and you wonder how effective he can be, to your point, having not played for like eight or ten weeks, and then suddenly he's there at the very end of the regular season or just for the postseason. How effective will Derrick Henry be or not? Th- that's perfect segue, though, to your underdog for Three Dog Thursday purposes, Tyler Jones. What are we thinking here, uh, including uh, that matchup, New England? Do I do I see you peaking at New England in Indianapolis here as a no-huddle underdog? Yeah, the wrong team's favored here. I don't get it. How is New England not the favorite of this matchup? I don't think Indianapolis is that great. I think that they've been fool's gold the last few weeks. Uh, yes, they've run the ball really well with Jonathan Taylor. He's been fantastic, but I don't think Carson Wentz is that great of a quarterback. Um, I don't think that defense is that good either. I mean, hell, I gave up over 30 points against the Jets at home. Um, 
you know, I think that the Patriots are going to win this one. I think they win it with ease here. I don't understand how they're two, a two-and-a-half-point underdog. I think that New England could win this one by seven or ten points. And one factor I would look at, not only is New England coming off a bye week, but their quarterback, Mac Jones, after only throwing three passes against Buffalo a couple weeks ago, essentially is coming off two bye weeks here. They got a fresh young quarterback. <laughs> Watch out. I mean, it could be a long day for the Colts. Give me New All England right. and the points. All right. I can tell you being in that environment, it is loud inside of Lucas Oil Stadium. They rock for their Colts. Maybe Carson Wentz is the X factor. They're going to try to run it with Jonathan Taylor, but New England will be ready for that run game, you would think. Patriots, by the way, seven-game win streak, and Tyler loves this, seven straight covers for Bill Belichick as well. Good teams win, great teams cover. There it is. Is it going to be eight for eight coming up? Uh, This man seems to think so. Plug away for all of your stuff, Tyler Jones, where we see you, where we find you, where we hear you go. The Jones Report out each and every Thursday at Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And also uh, doing the NASCAR podcast with David Starr on Wednesdays. Let's go racing. Check that out as well on uh, all your podcast platforms. I'm on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. Tyler Jones Live is easiest way to uh, find me there. Look for that blue check mark. Certainly would appreciate it. Yeah, no doubt about that. And we see this man on local news live as well. Love his uh, insight on all things, especially in the Midwest. We'll see again at the time we're releasing the podcast. How did the Chiefs do Thursday night? If you're listening later, Friday or the weekend, you already know how the Chiefs did or didn't do. Saturday night game, Saturday night special uh, for the NFL with New England at Indianapolis. And Tyler Jones says, Pats, Patriots. We'll see how that goes. Tyler, I always hey. love it. Thank you for hopping on board. Hey, absolutely. Thank goodness we have these Saturday games, by the way. Some of these bold games the next few days are just awful. Well, it's good. Well, it is good that we have some of that. Be well, my friend. Thank you. We do continue on the no huddle underdogs. Always love the insight of my sports gambling podcast brothers, including Sean Green. He and Ryan Kramer on the sports gambling podcast. They founded the whole thing. Love their insight. Uh, Sean is coming off the bye week with his Philadelphia Eagles. So he's smiling for the Eagles to make a stretch run and maybe get into the wild card picture if they can. Always good to have you here and ready to talk a little NFL underdogs. Uh, how are things, first of all? Uh, things are great. Yeah, again, it's Christmas time. The Eagles are in the hunt. They're showing them in the hunt graphic. That's all I'm hoping for. Keep me alive uh, <laughs> till the end of the year. Some sort of rooting interest. And you mentioned the wild card division still not out of their grasp. It would uh, probably require them going four and own the Cowboys own four, but Hey, they, they still have a shot. Uh, yeah. Not looking great for the division, but the wild card, they're certainly in the mix because they have, uh, you know, some of their conference wins have come against other teams in the wild card. They play Washington twice. One of, t- uh, one of the times being this week. So uh, we'll see how things shake out. And they finish with the, do they finish with the Cowboys? I believe they do yep. at the end yeah. of the so year. That may end up Cowboys- mattering. Yeah, if the Cowboys do have the division locked up, it'll be interesting to see, you know, because now it's only one team getting the bye week and and the Cowboys seem kind of out of that uh, race. You could see a situation where it's not really going to impact them whether or not they play the starters. They have a ton of people banged up, so maybe the Eagles have an easier path of that final game. Okay, so I want to focus on that game and then get an underdog from you. So Washington football team comes in midweek. It looks like uh, Taylor Heineke is going to try to play after being injured in their game last week where Dallas got out to the huge lead and then hung on for the win. 
What do we think of this matchup? I know you got the the diehard Eagles podcast. You've got the Eagles football. I got the Eagles sign over your shoulders. I'm as I'm interviewing you in the in the SGP uh, studios. What what about this matchup? I'm not looking at the WFT as an underdog, but does this matchup concern you? But the Eagles off a bye as well. They're rested. Yeah, I would I would hope. Although it's been weird, and and uh, we've certainly touched on this on our show. Teams against the spread off the bye hasn't been that great because you know with the new collective bargaining agreement, they can't practice as much as they normally would. They're a little rusty. But now, you know, facing this Washington football team, they're dealing with a tremendous amount of uh, COVID and injury issues. So Taylor Heineke, if he doesn't go, well, now Kyle Allen has just been placed on the COVID list. So if you know, if Taylor Heineke re-aggravates that elbow, which seems to be the issue for him, they could really be in trouble. They're going to be uh, missing Jonathan Allen, it looks like, uh, most likely as well. As far as the football, if the Eagles can run the ball, they win the game. I mean, that's how, since they've kind of instituted this run-heavy uh, offense, they've, you know, when they run the ball, they win. And when they when they don't, they, uh, they lose. I mean, they lost to the Giants because they had four turnovers. Uh, so if they don't turn it over, limit the turnovers, uh, which hopefully they should be able to do and continue to pound the ball like they have been, uh, their offensive line against this banged up and, you know, COVID list uh, Washington football team uh, defensive line is a huge advantage for the Eagles. So if they can limit the turnovers, which you can say for almost any game, uh, they should be in a really good spot. Voice of Sean Green hanging with me for a couple more moments. He does have an underdog pick coming up on Three Dog Thursday. He's also going to give me some doggy advice here in just a second. I often use this analogy. It's like the pro wrestling loser leaves town match. Whoever whoever wins this on Sunday with the Eagles and the WFT is in good playoff shape. The loser is in bad shape here. It's not completely over, but the loser is six and eight uh, if they lose this game for coming down the stretch. So we'll see how that one uh, goes. I'm looking at the Seahawks. Uh, against the the Rams. Now, full disclosure, I was on the Rams for Monday night for Three Dog Thursday purposes all the way back last week. I thought the revenge factor at Arizona, a lot of motivation for them. It would catch up to Arizona a little bit, and it did. So now on a shorter week with the Rams coming back home, feeling good about themselves, am I crazy to look at the Seahawks and the points on the road here against the Rams? You want to warn me away from that? No, I mean, I, I've kind of been uh, riding this little Seahawks resurgence. And, uh, you know, certainly Russell Wilson has been playing better. But really, Rashad Penny, I, I, I don't know what has uh, happened to him, but he's looked much, much better. And, and I think the Seattle team is going to be fired up. Uh, I, I think they'll be in the game. And, yeah, I, I, I don't mind that at all. Four and a half feels a hair high. I think a lot of times these games end up being super close field goal type game. I think getting the four and a half is a good spot to be. And again, the Rams have seemingly owned Seattle, whether they've played them at the Coliseum or last year at, at SoFi. In fact, they've won straight up and covered uh, three in a row against the Seahawks of course. Russell Seahawks uh, are due then. <laughs> maybe so. Russell Wilson hurt the finger, hurt the bird finger. Speaking of the birds, yeah. he hurt the middle finger in the Rams game uh, and then could not finish that game. And it put their season in the, in the dumpster uh, really for the middle of the year. He looks healthier. He looked healthier throwing the ball against Houston. We'll see if that matters. And I I'm looking at the Seahawks here as the road doggy against the Rams. Now to Sean Green. What is the underdog that you do like for Three Dog Thursday purposes this week, Mr. Sean Green, Sports Gambling Podcast, and why? 
you know, I, I keep fading the 49ers and it, it hasn't been a great strategy, but I'm going back to the well one more time. Give me the Atlanta Falcons catching nine points uh, against this 49ers team. I, I understand why the 49ers would be favored by nine, but this Atlanta Falcons team, they're, they're not a good team, but they still figure out ways how to beat bad teams or cover uh, against uh, good teams. And I, and I think nine points is just way too much for this Falcons team. And they've kind of turned into uh, the 49ers a little bit where they, they have a run heavy offense. Cordero Patterson is like a, you know, a workhorse back who saw that coming. And then Kyle Pitts is, uh, you know, their answer to George Kittle. Now, obviously George Kittle is a lot better. I understand why the 49ers are are favored by nine, but I I just don't think this Falcons team is one that you're going to blow out. Like they're, they're playing hard, even though they're, they kind of hanging on to a, a chance here at the playoffs. But I think nine points, which is what WinBet has them at, that that's way too much for a 49ers offense. That's not super explosive. They had to scratch and claw to win an overtime last week with the overtime touchdown after giving up the field goal. But San Francisco, again, has saved their season for now and gotten to seven and six. Uh, Atlanta was opportunistic with the big pick six last week. I saw the Falcons two weeks ago. The defense is bad. Can they mask that some? I mean, they have the worst. They have the 32nd pass rush in the NFL in terms of trying <laughs> to create sacks and stuff. Let's see if they can overcome that. And and again, you're getting a lot of points here with Matt Ryan, and they're still sniffing the wild card, just like yeah, the they, Eagles are, and a couple of others. They, yeah, and they and they seem decent at covering, uh, or, or at least like they're down big. You know, they're down two scores, and Matt Ryan's still rushing up to the line, like, "Come on, guys, let's go, go!" Like they seem like. And you mentioned that uh, you know that Falcons Bucks game. Falcons were were live dogs there for a while, and then even that final play of the game, the result was in hand. But I, I think it was Russell Gage dropped that ball in the end zone. Otherwise, they would have backdoored that thing. And I can I could imagine a similar situation against this 49ers team. Yeah, that that Buccaneer game they dominated uh, defensively, and yet almost let Atlanta make a lot of people happy that had the Falcons plus like eight or nine or whatever it was here. They're getting nine in Santa Clara against the 49ers. Sean green says dirty birds for three dog Thursday. We'll see. We'll see what happens with the Eagles. We'll see what happens with the Seahawks. Well, a lot of bird flavor here. I like the Seahawks against the Rams again. Love this man's insight. Uh, keep, uh, tell them about how they hear and consume all of the content with sports gambling podcasts during the week, et cetera, and heading to the weekend. Cause you guys are even on with the after show, et cetera, promote away, please. Oh yeah. Yeah. You uh, download the SGPN app, app store, Google play store, get you all our free podcasts and picks in there. And then uh, yeah, subscribe to the sports gambling podcast. Let's go tons of content. We got a, uh, I mean, we got a double header in the NFL this week. It's Saturday and Sunday. It's going to be awesome. Tune in to the Sports Gambling Podcast. Love that, Sean Green. In fact, with everything starting Thursday, this is one of those first weekends here of several where we're going to have football oh, yeah. Thursday, NFL, football Saturday, football Sunday, football Monday. They're all over it. He and yeah, Ryan and I Kramer. think uh, Friday even yeah. got some college football bowl games, which we're going to be doing our first of uh, a couple here, uh, college football bowl game uh, picks and previews. We got a special guest lined up. A uh, little surprise there for the listeners. So uh, make sure there's a tease. I love all of that. Later I love my guys. I yeah. love my guys with the Sports Gambling Podcast. Sean Green, thank you. Good luck with your underdog pick. Good luck to your Eagles. We appreciate it here on Three Dog Thursday. Thanks, TJ. Appreciate it.
And to finish up the no huddle underdogs, I always love bringing this guy on, but there's multiple reasons to do so. My buddy Marquise Johns, he's my wingman on the Big Fight Weekend website, talking boxing, bigfightweekend.com, Big Fight Weekend podcast. But he is a Michigan native, a longtime uh, died in the wool Detroit Lions guy. He used to be in the Tampa Bay area where it's warm. Then he got a job situation where he could swing out to Denver, of all places, where it's freezing cold and the snow. And lo and behold, his Lions were in Denver for the first time in eight years this past weekend while he was there. So he's back on Three Dog Thursday to impart wisdom on all things, including that. Good to have you back here. Good to good to mix it up on all fronts, including talking a little underdogs here in a moment. How are things? Pretty good, TJ, but nothing, and I mean nothing, can ruin a Sunday afternoon faster than Detroit Lions' second-half football. My <laughs> goodness, TJ, absolutely atrocious stuff. I should make mention that Marquise, if you can't see us, is doing this interview while wearing a Lions hat. I, I figured you would have already lit that thing on fire or thrown it away <laughs> by now. I know part of your argument is the NFL may be looking at contraction. Is <laughs> You're hoping for that? For the, for the Lions, it's that bad? It's that bad, TJ, because this team was up, what had, had promise at halftime. They were only down 14-10, you know, a normal football score, and, and then proceed to give up three unanswered touchdowns, and we're down 35-10 before I can put dinner in the oven for Sunday. So it was, it was, it's, it's, this team is not good, TJ, and I'm trying to figure it out at this point. We all know it's ownership at this point. We all know that. It's been like that for years, but at some point, someone has to step in and either do something about this or right. work with this team. Like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it, it has gotten horrible uh, to this point. So I'm, I'm getting the feeling for Three Dog Thursday purposes off of that blowout loss that puts the Lions at 1-11-1. and one. It's not 9-1-1. It's 1-1-1-1. 1-11-1. They are 13-point underdogs at home with the Cardinals. I'm not going there. I sense you're not going there for Three Dog Thursday purposes, right? <laughs> The only reason that number is as high as it is, is that I think they're still waiting to figure out if DeAndre Hopkins is going to show up or not. The problem with that is, TJ, if DeAndre Hopkins shows up, they win by 30. If they don't, they win by 29. So I'm staying away from that as, as much it as possible. It looks like Hopkins isn't going to be able to play, but you're saying it's not going to make that much difference if that's the case, because it's the Lions uh, after all. Uh, all right, I'm curious on two things. Uh, your underdog, what might you like for Three Dog Thursday on a no-huddle underdog, sir? Big fan, TJ, of this Patriots game uh, taking on the uh, Indianapolis Colts on the road here. Uh, it's, it's, it's a Saturday primetime game, and it's one of those spots, TJ, with, with, with Belichick, and especially with the Colts in December, like this is not the same Colts team that I, I people think they are that was winning games just outright early in the year, which, which was making T.C. Martin famous on this program. This is not that same Colts team, so I'm, I'm taking <laughs> I'm, I'm one way to lay the wood on the Patriots here. It would be eight straight wins if New England gets it. Again, it's a it's a, a game for them off of a bye week, which Belichick extra, extra time to prepare. I understand all of those things, so this will be fascinating to see what happens with a must-win game for the Colts, who are still very much in the hunt to win the AFC South and get a home playoff game. That one will be fascinating. I'm going to come right back to the mile high city. I have not been able to peg the Bengals pretty much the entire year. Although I did take the chargers against them successfully a couple of weeks ago, but the Bengals burned me against your lions. The Bengals burned me against the Raiders. Might I back the Bengals against the Denver Broncos getting two and a half late game, Eastern time, uh, two o'clock mountain time Bengals Broncos coming Sunday. Want to talk me out of that Marquise shots. I will for one reason and one reason only. The only thing this Denver Broncos defense has been able to do all year is stop the run. The only thing this Bengals offense has is running backs. I don't see them getting through on any of this whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Joe Mixon might be 
uh, the key for Cincinnati. And again, they are a road dog in this spot. It's kind of been a little tough to figure out. The Bengals, by the way, are four and two as road underdogs in their last six games. The Broncos are five and three overall as a favorite as they are in this situation this year. Dare we, are we talking the P word playoffs and a wild card possibility if Denver gets the win? I mean, they did have the three and O start against the bad teams, but they are playoff relevant. A win here makes them eight and six Marquise in the mile high city. There's a possibility, TJ, and the one thing that, that helps the Broncos out more often than anything else is the fact that the Las Vegas Raiders are all but going on the clock now at this point. And, and if they can get past the Los Angeles Chargers, that's the only op- opposition at this point. It's going to be really neck and neck with this AFC West out here. It's actually been pretty good so far this year. I mean, the one thing with the Broncos I do I do like, however, and granted it was against the, uh, my beloved Lions, but Teddy Bridgewater was running around, TJ. I haven't seen him look like that since his rookie year at Minnesota. It was unreal. So I'm, it, it's, it's, it's promising. Okay, so the Broncos showing something. Maybe I go Bengals, maybe not. Marquise is going Patriots on the No Huddle Underdog. Let's plug away BigFightWeekend.com. The year is not over for boxing. As we keep saying, there are going to be fights here at the end of the year, including uh, whatever this is going to be with Jake Paul and Tyron Woodley. Uh, That is coming at, at the Amelie Arena, downtown Tampa, where I am. Uh, We've got that fight. We've got the former NFL star Frank Gore fighting former NBA star Darren Williams. We've got Amanda Serrano fighting the ladies world champion in four different weight divisions. She's fighting on this card. We're interested in that. We're always talking boxing on Big Fight Weekend. We might as well plug away here even on the Three Dog Thursday podcast. Absolutely, TJ. BigFightWeekend.com, your source for all things boxing, past, present, and future. Yeah, this is a weird weekend in Tampa with this Jake Paul, Tyrone Willie Part 2 fight card going down with uh, uh, a rematch on short notes with the MMA guy again. We'll see how that all shapes out. I, it, it looks kind of funky. It seems kind of fishy, but it's happening on Saturday night in the Ice Palace. I'm looking forward to seeing how that goes down, as well as Amanda Serrano, who should highlight real this knockout against Miriam Gutierrez this weekend, TJ, which will set up this mega fight in women's boxing with her and uh, Katie Taylor next year which is going to be a big time deal yeah katie taylor from ireland is the undisputed ladies lightweight champion that may be looming for serrano who's interesting uh, for a lot of reasons good looking big puncher very marketable she's the co-feature fight uh coming on saturday night for showtime's pay-per-view so again the boxing stuff bigfightweekend.com and the big fight weekend podcast will be out friday previewing all of that marquise john says new england patriots for a no huddle underdog we'll see how you do with that marquise lion fan and all i still love you brother happy holidays merry christmas thank you for hanging again on three dog thursday we appreciate it Absolutely, DJ. Thanks so much. And as always, may the Lions win one more game. Just one. Just one. All right, so there we go for the no huddle underdogs with my guys. So I am officially going to go on the record. I got to give you three of them. It is three dog Thursday after all. You heard me alluding to Seattle getting the four and a half as we release the podcast against the Rams. I just I have a feeling Rams let down at home again. They've got COVID-19 issues still for this game as we wait to see all of that unfold. Doesn't look like Odell Beckham's going to be able to play. And there may be a couple of other Rams that we find out that can't play as the weekend goes on. So I will take Seattle as one of those underdogs. I will likewise in a late afternoon game go with those Cincinnati Bengals. Again, I've been against them on several occasions uh, now I'm going to go on their side, as I was just talking about with Marquise in Denver. Give me the Bengals and getting the two and a half points in that matchup. And, and because there's several other games where I just don't know where to go. I got burned by Pittsburgh last Thursday night 
in the game with Minnesota where they were behind by 29. 29 to nothing came roaring back, still didn't tie it, still didn't cover. So Pittsburgh's favored, or Pittsburgh's the underdog against Tennessee, and I'm getting points. I don't trust them at home for the two or the one and a half. I don't trust them. I went with the Jets last week. And, and their matchup at home with the Saints playing that hunch as the home team getting five points, both of them bad. I can't trust the Jets at Miami right now uh, laying the 10 here in this game. So I scan ahead and I look to the Monday night game. And there is absolutely no reason why I should be looking at the Chicago Bears who against the number are 0 for their last four and 1 for their last seven. But something just says to me they played well in the first half at Green Bay the other night. And I think the Bears will bow their back in a rivalry game at home, Monday night football here. They're getting three and a half. I think Chicago can win this game. So I'll settle on that as my third underdog. Minnesota way too erratic. And everybody they play is a one-score game. Had a 29-0 lead on Pittsburgh at home and had to hang on by their fingertips to that lead at the very end of the game at uh, at 29-21, trying to stave off the, the great Steeler comeback, the 29-point comeback, stopping them on the final play of the game in the end zone. Would have taken a touchdown and a two-point conversion to tie it, but still, Minnesota plays all these one-score games. I think Chicago hangs in. They're at home for Monday Night Football. I'm going to play the hunch. There's, there's not... A uh, metric spread backing that says to play the Bears. This is a TJ backing from years of doing this on Three Dog Thursday. I will go with the hunch in this situation. And again, I, I reiterate my Buccaneers being favored here by ten and a half or eleven with the Saints on Monday night or on uh, Sunday night football. That may be a little high. We'll see if it, if it's a closer game than that. Again, the stat is Tampa Bay four different times this year has been at least a nine point favorite at home. And has won and covered, obviously covering um, all four of those with Atlanta, Miami, Chicago, and the Giants. Are they about to make it five for five with the Saints, a win and a cover? And that would lock up the NFC South and look out for the Bucks running the table. Now that they've gotten past Indianapolis, gotten past Buffalo, they've got a great chance to win this home game and run the table with two left with Carolina and one left on the road with the awful Jets. So... Let's see what happens for the Buccaneers. Let's see what happens with all of our underdogs. Many thanks to Chris Stewart of the Alabama Crimson Tide Sports Network. He was with us all the way back at the beginning of the show. Again, the Tide favored heavily over Cincinnati in the college football playoffs. Some great insight from Chris on everything from Heisman trophies to Nick Saban, all of it. We appreciate him joining us. Thanks also to Tyler Jones. Uh, we appreciate Tyler being with me here from the uh, the Jones Report, the podcast and local news live. Uh, Tyler, uh, again, looking for Three Dog Thursday purposes at those New England Patriots on the Saturday night special, speaking of the Colts, with the Indianapolis Colts. Sean Green, the noted Eagle apologist from the Sports Gambling Podcast. He and Ryan Kramer, those guys do a great job of promoting us. Sports Gambling Podcast, network of shows, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. And Sean Green, uh, again, uh, liking his Eagles to stay in the NFC playoff picture. They're not the underdog. They're actually the favorite uh, with the Washington football team. And we'll see what happens with his underdog pick, which is the Falcons, to at least keep it close in San Francisco. The Dirty Birds are his doggy. We've got a bird theme all, all the way across here. Uh, as Again, I like the Seahawks. He likes the, uh, the Atlanta Falcons. 
Uh, so what's going to happen in that matchup? Again, Marquise Johns was also with me from the Big Fight Weekend podcast. I love Marquise's insight on everything boxing, but also in the NFL. Marquise, based in Denver, saw the Broncos beat the Lions uh, last week. Again, I'm going against Denver, though, with Cincinnati. Marquise joins uh, up with Tyler Jones on taking the New England Patriots on Saturday night uh, as well off the no-huddle underdog. So we'll see what happens with that one. And again, I'm going Seattle Cincinnati, both as road underdogs in the late window games. Seattle at the Rams, Cincinnati at Denver, and give me the Bears on Monday night football playing the hunch with the Vikings in a close game in the NFC North to maybe mess it up for the Vikings in their playoff hopes. There you go. That will do it for this edition of Three Dog Thursday. Again, however you found the show, social media link, etc., subscribe away, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all the outlets. Always uh, love having more and more of you find us. You have done so by the thousands and the thousands and the thousands. Keep doing so uh, here and spreading the word on Three Dog Thursday. We are good for now. Next week is the pre-Christmas edition of the show. We've got more bowl games to talk about, more hotly contested NFL to talk about, and much more. For now, we're good. We'll see what happens with all the underdog plays, particularly in the NFL. And we thank you for being with us. I'm TJ Reeves on Three Dog Thursday. Woof, woof.